Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. Hey there, listeners. Right before our interview for this week's episode, the wonderful Jody Bilney gave a fantastic presentation on her lessons learned throughout her career. In case you missed it or would like to share this heartfelt and actionable presentation, please visit go forward slash WNRG and click on the event recording located under past events. We were honored to share time with our chief consumer officer before she retires from Humana. Please enjoy this week's episode with your co-hosts, Carmen Pantoja Evans, Tara DeLucia, Brittany Lemire, and our special guest, Jody Bilney. Once again, thank you for sharing with us and helping to shape Humana into a consumer-centric business. Best of luck in all your future endeavors. You will be missed. Building off the conversation this morning, it was never an intention of mine to be a C-suite executive at some Fortune 50 company that was never it never held out as a goal i think what instead what happened is that i think that we and we as my husband and i we made a series of good decisions took some risks together kind of stacked hands as a family and and they 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 sort of um targeted appointed us in this way and it's the result of a, a lot of smaller decisions instead of one big goal. And that and and so I think what the effect of that has been ultimately is just how um, appreciative and grateful for all of the steps along the way. Instead of like checking a box to say I did this, I did this or this in pursuit of something else, it's just but each one of the of the stepping stones has just been amazing in and of itself and the fact that they've accumulated into of senior level position inside an important company, it's just sort of cool. It's just mm-hmm. sort of cool that it turned out that way. It was, I'm not smart enough to have had a grand plan like that, but we've just, I've just had a great partner and we've made a lot of good decisions together. That's awesome. And it's really cool. I was, you were just part of the speaker series with the Women's Network Resource Group uh, and had a fantastic. Uh, content in in your presentation and I was virtual at another building here in Louisville with about four other teammates and there was so much conversation going on even because they wanted to they were everything you were saying was resonating with them and so much so I almost had to shush them because the next point was just as important I wanted to hear so just know that at least even in the virtual world that I was in at that moment that it resonated completely 
Right. And there was a, another presentation you'd done and, and you had said there is no long term without a short term. So I kind of think that's just bringing that that back again, that it's important to see that in. But realize you have the short term wins and the short term things that you, you have to do to build. Right. There's a I can't take credit for that, that line solely. That's a great application of it. The first time I heard it was a few years ago, actually from Frank D'Amelio on our board. And Frank is a CFO, so chief financial officer. So he, for Pfizer, big company, he's a very accomplished guy. The context that he said it in was, you know, listen, you guys, I like your long-term plan, but if you don't hit your numbers in the short term, we don't get to invest in this long-term idea. So his, his comment to us was, about about balancing short you know, accomplishing short term goals so that you have you get to live another day to accomplish your longer term ones i have i have actually expanded the use of that notion about short term and long term to about in, ensuring as we had talked about before too about m- making a series of good short term decisions that lead you to your long term and not be so fixated on the long term that you lose sight of or appreciation for the moment that you're in. And so so that's been a sort of a useful, I don't know, a useful sentiment, almost slogan-like um, phrase to for me to, to keep track of and pull out every once in a while. Well, I would love if you would take some time to introduce yourself and your, your career snapshot along the way. Um, for our listeners, maybe didn't get to hear your presentation mm-hmm. earlier. Um, one of our, our goals of this podcast is just to learn from other women and their journey and what they've done um, and, and hopefully help one another along the way. So we'd love to hear more about your career journey. Sure. I'll be happy happy to do that. And and we'll ask you guys, too, if there's more you want to go into any particular area, let me know. And I'll be happy to pause there and, and dwell a little bit if you want. So I, I think I would summarize the way that my career has unfolded is that I have been in six different industries. I started in consumer packaged goods, and consumer packaged goods are things, when you go into the grocery store, you go into Kroger, so it's really, it's sort of everything in there is called a packaged good. So it's all of the frozen foods and the, and the stuff in the, in the pharmacy section and food storage, it's all of that stuff is, is the packaged goods industry. I was in telecom, I was in financial services, I had a stint in in a smaller tech organization. I've worked in the restaurant industry, and now I'm in healthcare. I also have the great opportunity of being on a public company board of directors, and that is is a whole new view. And it's actually in a seventh industry. That company is called Masonite, and it's actually Masonite is the world's largest door manufacturer. Oh. Literally doors. So, I mean, somebody has to be. Somebody has to make them. But as it turns out, it's a fascinating business. It's affected by Mother Nature, so the raw materials with trees, etc. It's affected by the economy, so say housing starts and building hotels or hospitals, that sort of thing. It's affected by the global economy. It's an international business, so like tariffs recently and that stuff. It's actually incredibly interesting. And oh, and by the way, in the in the manufacturing facilities, there's robotics and doors are big and heavy and mm-hmm. anyway any business can be you know even the most mundane product that you may not think about the business behind them I think is is fascinating and my 
level of professional curiosity and m- moving across those industries and finding finding elements of them that I can can find interesting and dig into and then help turn into a business advantage is, has been part of what I've been up to and what I've gotten good at over time is, is understanding in particular the consumer and then because the consumer is always the source to unlock the growth and unlock the potential of a company. And if you can get inside how consumers make decisions, who makes the decision, how they make the decision, who influences the decision, when do they make that decision, and you can intercept that and can influence them to the benefit of your business and to the consumer as well, then 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 you're then you're on to something. And so that's what I've been focused on for 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 a long time. Now inside Humana, I've had a, a team that's called the Consumer Group. We were formed in when I got here in 2013, so a new team. And I report to Bruce Broussard, the C, the CEO, and we have got deep expertise in marketing, so acquisition marketing, and then engagement marketing, so helping people engage in their health once once they're a member, so bringing people on board, and then once they're here, engaging them in their health, in brand building, helping define what the meaning of Humana is in the marketplace. When someone says Humana, they instantly have a sense for and know what we do and what kind of company we are. In experience design, consumer experience design, so what, what, when you sign up with us, what happens, in what order, with whom, with what sort of stimulus and, and guidance. We run the digital channel, so Humana.com and all of the, uh, the, the apps associated with that, corporate communications, the Go365 wellness business. So a wide variety of things that are in the consumer group. The thing that threads all of them together and the reason that we have been a team for the last seven years is because in order to do our jobs, we have to obsess about the consumer. We have to obsess about what it is that makes them tick, what it is that makes them behave the way that they do and make the decisions that they do. And once we do that, and then we can help influence the products that we design, the experiences that we help facilitate as a company, the brand that we wanna be known as and for in the communities that we serve, it's it's that consumer orientation that binds this group across a number of uh, areas of expertise. And then, I mean, beyond all of that incredible work, you you have the power to influence. I mean, how many mem- associates do we have now? Fifty five thousand. The power to influence yeah. fifty five thousand people to put the consumer at the center of every single interaction they have. To the point where, and I joked earlier, like people are texting me, Jody's so great, I'm such a fangirl. And, you know, we, we say that you know, lovingly, but we're all obsessed with the consumer because because you've brought attention to that and we're all passionate about it. I mean, that's incredible. What a legacy to leave. And it's it's just very powerful. Yeah, and it's clearly not just me because I've got a team of wonderful people that, of feel, as, that feel as, as Passionate. uh, passionately as as I do about this, but you know, there's a, it's a bit of a journey too for us because I will tell you that it hasn't always, not everyone's always felt like what you just described. When I got here uh, several years ago, part of Bruce's vision with this, you know, 
Um, let me even back up a little bit there. You know, I, I've worked for a number of CEOs across a number of industries, and CEOs are very special people. I mean, there's a reason they're the CEO. There is something that makes them – they're all smart, of course, but there's something that makes them distinct. There's something that they're particularly good at. What, what in my view, what distinguishes Bruce is that he is a brilliant strategist. He's one of the CEOs that sees around corners. He sees where things are headed. He sees things that aren't in plain sight. He knows they're there and can help us then get ready for for the eventuality of and he's 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 almost always exactly right. In it, when he hired me when he became CEO in 2012, he he was observing the increased role that the consumer had on business, on businesses. And looked around our company and said, you know, we're not talking about the consumer. We're not talking about their experience with us. We're not talking about how they feel being, whether they like being a, a, a member of ours. We're not having any dialogues with consumers. And they're playing an increasingly important role in commerce. So we, we, need, we need to change what we're talking about, what we're considering what sort of input we're using to make our decisions. So it's with that instinct and that insight that he brought, brought me in, even though I knew nothing about healthcare other than as a, as a user of the healthcare ecosystem at some point over time. But what I did understand was how to bring the consumer into a company. Because if you think about what insurance companies like, insurance companies like policies, procedures, predictability, we like math. Regulation. You know, re- yeah, exactly. That sort of structure. When you realize, however, that it's the consumer who's in charge, then, then, it's, then it's chaos. I mean, consumers are really, really human. And so you can't predict that. And you can't, you can't create policies that everyone is going to fall in line with and expect them to be pleased with us. I mean, the consumers today want everything to work like Amazon. They want everything to be. They want it when I they do. want it. Yeah, they want it. They want it yeah. to be fast. They want it to be personal. They want it to be cheap. They want it easy. They want mm-hmm. it to be easy, and and they want they want the companies to know them, so that their interactions can be personalized. Mm-hmm. And so we we were behaving, you know, several years ago, where we were. We were running our company in very much a, in a siloed fashion. We would have a, a, a retail experience and a pharmacy experience and another, you know, and very, very sort of siloed. When consumers were experiencing us longitudinally, they were experiencing us, uh, us horizontally. We were running the company vertically. So what we've been up to over the last seven years is reorienting how we think about the business and then literally how we run it, how we architect and how we run the business. There are... Once you realize that and you understand what the experience is and you design the, that, that consumers want and then you design that experience, then there's technology that has to be put in place. Then there's data that comes above that. Then there's the experience that's designed. So there's been a very methodical and, and – but I think with the proper urgency and the – because it takes you – know, we're a big company and we've we got to – we have to – we have to fly this plane as we're changing it out. And there's a, a lot of things that have been in motion, but that we've been very intentionally making those adjustments so that we can we can experience our company 
and understand our company in the same way that a consumer does, in the same way that a member does, and frankly, as a physician does, or a clinician, mm -hmm. or a care team of any sort. So that's the perspective that we've been trying to build into the company in a way that is that is sustained. This isn't a project that gets done. This is how the world works. It's how our company needs to run. And it's how we will be going forward by being informed by the consumer. If you don't meet their expectations, they'll go elsewhere. There's this thing that is that there's a saying, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but I, I love it. It's, and it is that if you think you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance a whole lot less. <laughs> right. So you, you got to You got to keep up with what consumer expectations are and make sure you're you you we are it's our obligation to change to meet their needs rather than requiring them to change to meet our way of doing business they won't they're going to go someplace exactly. that I meets will. their needs mm -hmm. so how close are we are we there so uh let's see how to answer that question so we are um we 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 will always be under construction when you do this right you you are you are constantly you are constantly striving. You're constantly need to, because expectation, consumer expectations are being set by the totality of their experience as a consumer. Their expectations for Humana aren't because of an, ex, but because of an interaction they had with United. Their expectation of Humana is because they had an interaction with Amazon, with L.L. Bean, with any other retailer, pick your other favorite retail. They 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 compare us. They compare working with us, interacting with us, based on every other interaction they have as a consumer. So we so how are we doing? So we we have got mechanisms, routines, tools, listening posts built into our business now as a standard way of running the business. As we have. We have feedback loops. We have ways to move from insights to action built in across the company. So we are, we are, we're poised to take that feedback, to understand it, process it, make adjustments as needed. So we're, we're, we're set up well. What's important to realize, though, is that you're never done. You're never done. The other thing is, is that healthcare, healthcare is, is not one of the most um, is not a favorite of consumers. I mean, if you look at satisfaction across a number of, you know, there's Congress and then there's healthcare in the bottom of the list, right? I mean, they, they really don't like Congress and then they really don't like healthcare much. Part of that is, is because the experiences are difficult. They're, they're just too difficult. Now, that said, so I feel really good about, about the structure that we've built, the way that it is. It's not extra work. It is the work. It just is, considering the consumer, is just how we do things routinely now. That, that part I, I actually feel really good about. Now, but I, but I also want to, every time I can, I remind us that we are never done. Are, you know, Bruce used to ask me years ago, are we consumer-centric yet? Are we consumer-centric yet? And I've had, you know, I don't really know how to tell that, honestly. But I know that we'll be there when we stop asking that question. Yeah. Great point. So that part is right. Now, how are we doing specifically, though? We have all sorts of indicators that suggest we're actually doing really well. This year, we've had four, maybe five 
experience awards, mm-hmm. digital experience, pharmacy experience, Medicare Advantage experience, in the customer satisfaction realm measured by J.D. Power. Um, there's a University of Michigan study. There's other study, Temkin and others, uh, half a dozen of them. And we're, we're one or two in every single one of those. So I know for exactly. sure versus our competition, we're doing really well. What I also what I w- need to remind us of, though, is that it's not versus competition; it's versus the totality of their experiences. So we're we do okay versus others in our industry, but that's like measuring the tallest kindergartner. <laughs> doesn't really matter; it's sort of an irrelevant right. measure, the tallest kindergartner, because that doesn't really last very long. So, so we're so we're we're fine. We're and I think we're situated well. Now we've got to make sure that we continue to stay relentlessly focused on on staying current and contemporary with what matters to consumers. Well, and so I just, you know, you talked about that earlier in your talk, and I was I actually was going to ask you to expand on the contemporary. What is your definition? What does that mean? I mean, maybe it's obvious to everyone else, but I just wanted to hear mm-hmm. more from you on that. Yeah, so I, um, as it relates to consumers, I'll see if I can... Um, if I if if this if this will help, so if you think about our senior population right now, people are sixty five plus. The oldest boomers are seventy three this year. A seventy three year old, or let's even pick so someone who's a boomer who's who's aging in and they're turning sixty five, is really very different than someone who is eighty, eighty two, eighty five, and the person that's aging in the boomers who will soon be all of who we serve it they've been online for 25 years mm-hmm. they're they are they operate like every one of us does they before they make every big decision they research it online before they they're they are very different they are a very different population than the seniors who preceded them and so what's important for us is to stay contemporary with who it is that, we're, that we are serving. What are their lives like? What's important to them? How, how is it that we can help, where do they need support that's relevant for us to help provide to them? That, when I'm talking about being contemporary, it's understanding that, that, that uh, people evolve, the technology evolves, culture evolves, and their their needs, therefore, and expectations of us are going to evolve. And staying current with that is is what our obligation is to stay relevant, to have a relevant brand, and to have a business that will continue to thrive. We we can't say now that we did this study, I understand what the key drivers are for purchasing Medicare Advantage amongst eight people who age in do that study in 2019 and expect that the answer to those questions is exactly the same in 2021 or 2022. It it won't be. Those those people will be different. The world will have changed. They will have changed in that context. Their expectations will have evolved. So we we need to make sure that we know what what those are. I may be the only senior executive actually that on on our floor that that literally reads things that range from People Magazine. If you actually looked in my in my briefcase right now, you'd see People Magazine and you'd see The Economist right? because <laughs> it is that range of understanding 
culture. is culture and the influences on culture and and who who are the who are those key influencers? Because if you think about who millennials are and their relationship with their parents and grandparents, you you, you have to understand those parents and grandparents who are going to be who there are or are going to be our members. You have to understand who's influencing them. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a broader culture thing here yeah. too that we've got to make sure that we're that we're uh, that we've 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 got a finger on that pulse. Because if I'm a caregiver for my mom and I'm doing a lot of her medical care, I need it to be easy for me. That's right. As well as for her. And so I'm going to go wherever it's going to be easiest. So I never thought about that, but that is a fantastic point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's um, this little bit off cuff, but as I was getting on the elevator this morning, um, there was a sign in the lobby. It has a list of 10 questions um, to ask, and it says, protecting the consumer experience is everyone's responsibility. I fully connected with that because at each single point, each touch from any human associate helps influence that consumer experience that they have. And number four really resonated with me. It's, is this the right time? And I feel Humana has really put the intentionality in our in the touches that we give our consumers and and other things like that how can we be more mindful as associates to fully encompass thinking of our consumers yes there's there's first thing i would say in that is that there are no shortcuts i wish i had i wish i had a way that i could just that i could just share on this podcast and just say <laughs> this is all you need to do and then you're done, and you're done sort of forever on this. And uh, however, it just it it um, there there aren't any shortcuts with this. What what I what I think is 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 really important for us to understand. And this and and I always sort of slow down when I say this because I I worry how a bit how it sounds. But but there there's a what this is really about is empathy, and that sounds very soft but it could not be more tangible and more impactful on our business and what that means what each of us can do specific to your question is that if we can imagine the interaction that we're having with a member from their perspective and see when they are interacting with us what does this feel like how is this going are they getting the answer that they need? Is it as simple as it should? Is it, is it pleasant? Is it something they would look forward to again or ever do again? Or how would they describe it to how will they describe it to their, their friend or spouse or partner that they see later in the day? How did it go? What will they say about? And if each of us thinks about, about the interaction from their perspective and then thinks about then how are they going to describe that to somebody else? How can I own this interaction then to make sure that what they say is like, oh my gosh, that was so easy. Humana made that so easy. I now for the first time I understand. Now I know why it is I need to do this. Or now I know that why there's three steps to this. Or now I under and if we can and in the end, what that's doing is that we're demonstrating that we care, but ultimately we're building trust. And fundamental to our business strategy is is we have got to build trust w- with our members. And let me describe why that w- w- what that means really. From a business strategy perspective, we we have we will always be we have a really good 
insurance business. We're really good at insurance. We are it, the financing mechanism to get access to care. We're good at that. Nobody's any better at it than we are, truly. How we are going to differentiate ourselves and what's fundamental and core to our strategy going forward is that is differentiated care, a differentiated care model that is that is built fundamentally built for seniors and particularly seniors with chronic conditions. And we've got our five areas of influence that we know that matter a lot for caring for seniors with, with, with chronic conditions. The pharmacy, home health, behavioral health, primary care, and social determinants. Those five areas are what we are building out to ensure that we can meet the needs of seniors with chronic conditions. Because remember, our motives and interests are completely aligned with them. If we can help them be healthier, then they're gonna have a happier, healthy life. If we can help them be healthier, they're gonna cost us less and we can grow. So our motives and interests are completely aligned. In order for us to engage them in their health so that they can be healthier, so that they can cost us less, is they have to trust us. If they only think that we're a financing mechanism and that if they only think that all we care about is, and that we make money by denying access to services or care or procedures, then, then they're not going to trust us. And, and, and our, frankly, our strategy is dead in the water. What we need to do is ensure that they know that we're very good at what we do, we care deeply about them, that helps then to facilitate the trusting relationship once when they trust us, then we can engage them in more ways around their health. And when we can activate those five areas that I just described, they're gonna be healthier and they're gonna be better off. Yeah. So I, I had an experience with the trust factor with um, I think it uh, Southwest Airlines and I actually reached out on Twitter and we were talking about rewards. And so the girl took away, it was a private, like a, I think they call it a DM. DM. Yeah. DM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she said, I'm gonna Direct get, message. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this off. I don't have the answer. I will get back to you. And I, and I literally thought, Right. Sure. Thanks. You know, and sure as heck, she followed right back up about five days later. Um, she had an answer. I, I, I explored a little more with her. It was an, it was from point A to point B that she was with me the whole time until I got what I needed. And in that moment, I thought, man, I trust this company. Mm-hmm. And it was because you were with me from the beginning to the end. And I think about the opportunity we have as a company to hold the member's hand from that mm-hmm. first interaction until they have what they need. I think there's an opportunity there for us to to do better, um, to build that trust just in that consistency and maybe not even getting the answer in the moment, but being able to follow back up and get you what you need as the consumer. I think Humana at Home does a good job of that because we have that relationship with them to like build the trust. I'm going to, I may not have the answer on this interaction, but you can trust that I'm going to con- come back and get you what you need. So I, I, I was keep thinking about that Southwest mm-hmm. interaction and how mm-hmm. we can we can do more, we can, we can do better. I think it's just like you said, you were acknowledged. Yes. They knew you were there. Yes. I, I'm Twitter with Humana. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I get their feed. And when a member has a question or has a strong statement, Humana will respond. And they'll say, please, uh, DM me mm-hmm. and let's talk. So is that 
something that you're you you yes. supported that you've acknowledged awesome. and yes, you've been team. part of? Mm-hmm. Yes, and so let me describe that. So it's actually really interesting. And Southwest is always a, from an experience standpoint, top is notch. always top notch. And they they fundamentally distinguish themselves too based on experience because frankly, getting on a on a plane and going from point A to point B, everybody does literally sort of does the exact same thing, but they make the experience mm-hmm. different and they, they make you feel different in, in as you are a passenger and and you become an, uh, more committed and, and advocate for the brand like you just did, by the mm-hmm. way, for however many people are listening, then that's just another little, that's another uh, coin in their, in their equity bank. So for us, so we, we have a really interesting circumstance on social media. This, I hadn't anticipated this when I came here a few years ago, but when, so let, let me contrast it, point ours out by, by way of a contrast. I came from the restaurant industry most recently. And so when, and we, we had continuous monitoring of, of social media, as you would expect. And when, some, when somebody's having their anniversary dinner and they're eating at Fleming's Prime Steakhouse, so it's going to be an $80 dinner each. It's a big deal. And you and somebody's tweeting and saying, it's taken forever. My, my steak was overcooked, whatever that, and you can see that. We can immediately reach out at that time and get to that manager and say, hey, we're blowing it over here. There's somebody having an anniversary. You need to go check on this. And, then, and you can fix it. You can fix it in the moment. Wow. And so that, that is incredibly powerful. Now, let's talk about our circumstance then. When we've got a member who has a frustration with us, which is typically, by the time they get to social media, honestly, it's almost always negative mm-hmm. because they're at their wit's end. They've tried to call, they've done some other thing, and so now they say, okay, fine. I'm gonna let everybody know how I feel because I don't feel great and I'm mad. Maybe I'll get their attention if they know I'm gonna tell a lot of people. That's what happens. That's what happens uh, mostly. Here's our deal though, is that we can't even acknowledge them as a member or not. For HIPAA reasons, of HIPAA. yeah, mm-hmm. PHI, PII, those. So what we can do though is to is and we continuously monitor social media, and we have a team of people that do digital customer care, who look at this, and we have we have um, methods for continuous monitoring. And then when something goes out that is that is negative, we can look at that, we immediately then respond and say, can we, can we take, can we DM this and so with direct message so that the two, can, we can have this conversation. We're not allowed to have it in public. Mm-hmm. It is so frustrating. So for me, mm-hmm. you know, when they, or if they, you know, they get on a long diatribe and say, you know, we, we denied these services or we don't have access to this care or they took their prices up, whatever it is, we can't say anything. Mm-hmm. It is, it really is a, there, it's a frustrating moment in there because we're not allowed to respond what what you hope happens though and this is how social media works too is is that is that the crowd usually the crowd usually wins in in these and self corrects so what happens often is not every time but often is that we can resolve the situation there's some misunderstanding of some sort and then what they often do is go back online go back at social media and say yeah it was frustrated but guess what they fixed it and everything's great now some sort of thing like that. You can hope that they will go back and sort of straighten out the record. But this is the most, from a social media perspective specifically, this is the most restrictive industry because of how sensitive the information is. 
As it relates, however, as we, we were talking about this piece, every what's important about all this is is each of these then individual interactions, whether it's online, either online through our our online channels or whether it's social media, call centers, or in person, because we have market point sales reps, we have other representatives who are live and in the field. Each of those interactions is we're either adding to the brand equity or we're detracting from the brand equity and what it means. And we each need to understand and own that it's not the marketing department that builds this brand. It's every one of us in every interaction and every decision that we make that sets up the interactions that's actually building this brand. The brand is built through the experiences. Now, marketing, I don't want to you know, diminish marketing fully. Clearly, I have a soft spot for that particular function and expertise. But it just what what marketing does is marketing sets the prom, makes the promise and then and then the business all of us has to deliver it, right? And so those things have to be in sync, and we have to do that in a really interesting, compelling way, clear and compelling way from a marketing perspective, so that it breaks through. So we set those expectations, and then the rest then then the rest of the business kicks in, and we deliver against those expectations. I think that's what would be hard about going to another industry because I've thought about for my own career advancement. I'm like, maybe I should move to another career or another you know, type of industry just to gain expertise. But mm-hmm. I am so committed to the purpose of what we are doing at this company. And, and I, it's hard to even get away from Humana. I'm, I'm passionate about we all are. You talk to almost anybody in this company. Mm-hmm. We are passionate about the consumer. And to your point, marketing kind of made that promise, and we've all aligned to it. We're right, all just exactly. we're connected to it. And I think I, I just can't wait to see it continue to shift because you can only become more, like you said, just fixated and committed to the consumer day after day because it's such a vulnerable vulnerable population, because we're changing lives, because we're we're changing the world without sounding, you know, too grand, but but it is. it is. I mean, it's it's families, it's caregivers, it's children of these members, and I mean, it's just crazy, crazy uh, that a company could have that much like movement in our hearts. I think it's just wild. But again, a lot of that yeah. comes from what you've brought. It was always there. You just helped us all kind of zone in on what was most important. You know, we're all looking at the same thing now. I think so, and I I, th- I appreciate your you're giving me a whole bunch of credit. That's generous of you. Uh, you know, it, the business strategy is really smart, and it calls for this sort of commitment to the consumer. As, you know, you can strategies are hard to make, but once you make them, it's easy to put them on a shelf and say, "Okay, we went through our planning process, we created a strategy. It's got a three or five year time horizon, that sort of thing." Uh, I what I am most I think sort of just inspired by with what we have done is not only have we developed a great strategy that people from inside and outside our company understand. Wall Street's clearly thrilled by it. You know, when mm-hmm. two years ago we had our stock was under 100 bucks and now it's whatever it is, 300 bucks. So that's evidence of understanding and, and enthusiasm externally for what it is that we're trying to do on behalf of our members. Internally, when you got a 92% engagement rate for our, so you can't deliver our business strategy if we're not committed, aligned, passionate associates behind behind the strategy. So 
it's all it's all intertwined. The strategy is really smart. You you have to be focused on the consumer in order to execute our strategy because it is the differentiator. The experience we're competing based on the experience that we're going to be providing. This great easy financing mechanism of insurance and this clinical care that is built with seniors in mind and un- because we understand seniors so well and we're building then this this care platform and these care capabilities that will help them live their best lives and we do that and we can't deliver this without associates so that sort of alignment is really what this is about and this hasn't just been an exercise an intellectual or academic exercise this planning process we have executed it we have we have significant proof of our commitment to the care that we pro- I mean kindred is is a huge is huge evidence mm-hmm. of that curo also with another huge evidence of this the commitments and the changes that we've been making in in our omni-channel view so the digital and contact center views and how we have updated and contemporized and made those interactions so much be- so different than they were five or eight years ago I mean it's just it's com- substantially different so we're putting our we have definitely put our money and our effort where our mouth is and behind a a very differentiated strategy where the consumer is central to our success let's talk about the associate a little bit more I know we're we're really getting close to time but you said uh, in regards to the humanist associates in our culture what changes have you noticed over time so there, there are, I would say there's a number of, there are a number of them. What I have been, what I would say has, has, has uh, not changed is what's been constant here is that there is a real pride in working at Humana. We actually, we, we all feel, it's great when someone asks you where do you work and you get to answer mm-hmm. Humana. Excited. There is, yeah. it is cool, isn't it? I mean, there's a, there's a thing, especially probably in concentric circles out from Louisville, maybe concentric circles out in places in South Florida, and there's where we're more well known. That that people know that we are well-intentioned people that are doing good work, and and that we are we're and we're prideful, and so so that that part that part has not changed. What I what I think has changed is is and it's based on an inherent um, openness that that this associate population has that that we we recognize that we need to change and evolve and that we need to keep learning and that we need to we can't we can't uh, sort of knuckle down and and put our heads down and only do in you know sort of dig in an insurance and and do with it that there's actually the opportunity to do good is so much bigger and it's running on the rails of really really good insurance business but when we do that well it opens up so many more opportunities and part of what i think that the culture has has evolved is that there's a sense of openness and confidence that that we can that we can evolve and we can add on to our what it is that we do really well we can add layers onto that and and can and can and can be really very good at that um, and by that I mean the clinical capabilities on top of of the insurance capabilities and we 
and I and I think that 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 openness has evolved. Initially, I'll, maybe I'll describe it like this: when, when I when I have entered other organizations and other uh, other industries, I've actually had the benefit of a crisis. So what I mean by that is that when things are going wrong, when business isn't performing, or there is some external thing you're much more open to say, well, geez, maybe I better change, or maybe we need to do something a little bit differently here because things aren't going so well. If you think about what we've been doing is our company has been has been very successful for, and I'm knocking on wood, by the way, for an extended number of years here. We had a little hiccup in 2015, but overwhelmingly we've been, we've had very, we've had, we're on a, on a really great run. It's really hard to change in the middle of great success. And if you think about what we have done here is that we have had the courage to say, you know, what we've always done and has gotten us to this point is not the thing that's going to be sufficient to meet our potential going forward. And so what we need to do is we need to go in a whole bunch of places that are that are uncomfortable. We got to learn some things that we don't know anything about. We got to bring some skills in that we haven't really ever seen before. And we've got to admit that there's some things that we're not great at. So our openness and willingness to do that while we are successful, while things are going well, to me is one of the, is a, is a characteristic of this organization that has allowed it to change and evolve and, and seize different opportunities at different times because it hasn't taken a crisis to get our attention. We've been open enough, self-aware enough to realize that to continue to evolve and grow, then we're going to need to change as, our, as an organization, which that really means, too, is change as individuals. We've got to recognize that, that there are new skills that we need. There are new ways that we need to work. There are new areas that we need to explore and that we've been willing and open in doing that. And that's the part from a culture perspective that I think is, is didn't have to happen. I mean, it could have gone another way. We wouldn't be here today having this kind of a conversation if it had. But it's, it, is, it is something that I hope that we're very, um, that we appreciate about ourselves and maintain that sort of openness to be uncomfortable, to learn new things. As an adult, you know, it's really hard to, you know, you're used to knowing stuff. You know, you're used to knowing, knowing things and making decisions and that kind of. When you're, when you're evolving your business and you're taking it to new places, you are by definition exposing yourself and saying, "Boy, this is stuff I just don't know anything about." And, and here, and here I am, and I feel I feel vulnerable. But then, but then you know enough to dig in and to learn, and and then you realize you're capable of it, and then you've just become a very different professional then too. Wow. <laughs> and I also just wanted to say again, you had you said this earlier, brand is built by experience mm-hmm. and through our collective work as associates, we're delivering that experience. So I just I feel it's so powerful mm-hmm. to keep thinking about. And and we've so just to we've got about five minutes. I want okay. to be very respectful of your time. What's a question on here that you were excited for us to ask you? And we can make sure to ask that now. Yeah, I, I was um, I always love it when people do ask brand questions because it gives me a chance to say what you just did, right? It gives me a chance to, 
to remind people that remind us all that we are all we all own this brand. This is it. It's not a department that owns this brand. It is. It's the experiences that we provide. And even though all of us aren't touching the consumer every day, and that that um, that do, that doesn't matter. We still all have a role in it because we're either working on the product design or we're working on on you know, some aspect of the business that ultimately turns into a touch point of of some right. sort. And so. So for me, the chance to remind people, all of us, all of the time, that we are the living, breathing evidence of our brand and that we, with every interaction, are either either withdrawing or depositing in the brand equity bank and that that's and that is each of us has to make sure that we take that seriously in, in, in each of in each of the uh, interactions that we have and then and then the other point that I that I was going to say whether you asked me or not was <laughs> was really about the 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 how we all have got to commit to to the consumer we all have got to commit to empathy which means we are committing to understanding our business through their lens and our interactions through their lens. So th- if you think about this for a second though, so when when a member is interacting with the healthcare system, something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that they're in the emergency room. There's a reason they're in the doctor's office. Something's not right. So they're feeling vulnerable. There is, there is, there's, they may not feel well at all. They could feel overwhelmed. They could physically feel very poorly. They could have pressures from other circumstances in their lives. As we know, our members on average, they're poorer than average, they're sicker than average, they're less health literate than what is good for them or helpful for us. And so it's a there's a lot going on for and with them when they are interacting with the healthcare system and then when they're interacting with us. If we can remember that, if we can remember that in as we're designing products and designing experiences and having these interactions and can remember who we're serving and why and what it feels like to them and build that into the solutions that we provide every day, then we're, we will differentiate ourselves versus others. We will end up with personal, simple, connected experiences that genuinely help people get healthier. and genuinely help them live a better life and genuinely then contribute to our business as well. I was going to say that whether you asked me that or not, because that to me is sort of the, um, the, the crux of the issue. And if I, if I did have a chance to leave anything, a single thought behind for the business, that would be the one. That would be the one about each of us committing to empathy, each of us committing to understanding our consumers and being in the moment, thinking about who they are in their lives and ensuring that, that we're being sensitive to that, that as, as we're executing, that there's they're a, a person. person on the other side of it. There is. Yep. There is. Well, you've, you've got our commitment. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's a start. It's a start. We got three. <laughs> yes. We're all, right. we're all in. We're, we're on all the same team. team. Awesome. And, awesome. And really, mostly everyone I work with is in as I'm, well. Oh, you know what? There is, there's yeah. actually, 
there's thousands and thousands of us who mm-hmm. who are in. There's there's no question about that. And I I, I um, if I have any worries about it, it is just that it's it's a relatively new reflex for us in the scheme of a company that's 58 years old. You, you know we're 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 developing this, and we've got these guardrails and with through routines and processes and tools and things. But we've got to go through a generation, though, too. You know, we've got to, you know, we got to ensure that the next set of us that comes in and the net, you know, that it is, it's just plain how we do things. So, for, so take another, another industry or example. So Procter and Gamble, P and G, you know, they, they don't wonder whether they're consumer centric. They just are. You know, in consumer packaged goods, you just are. In the restaurant industry, they don't wonder. Or, th- or even say the word consumer cent. It just is how they are. You have to. They have to. You don't it, have a choice. You don't have a choice. In our world, when we just are, then then we'll know. Then then we'll know. Then we can take a deep breath. What I think is actually going to help with some of this too is so. And imagine in, I think it's. I'm not going to get the number of months right, but just say 20 to 24 months or some number like that, when kindred. You know, assuming that you know they get they fold into how it goes as planned, and they fold into our organization. We're going to have forty thousand nurses who work for our company. Mm-hmm. Their forty thousand nurses will be provisioning care in seniors' home. We're not profiling like an old insurance company, a, an insurance company from old times. We are we will be a very different company. So what I've been so proud about even in the way that we've executed the strategy, not just the wisdom of the strategy, but how we've executed it is, we've been very self-aware. What I mean by that is that, you know, with Kindred, you know, we clearly could have had the money and could have bought them and, you know, we're big Humana and we could have, you know, figured out a way how to, how to buy them. But what we did was, and this is where Brian and Chris and Bruce are really, really smart with this, is that they were self-aware enough to know that we don't, we, we don't, we, we don't know how to, we don't know how to do their jobs. We don't know, there is, it's a very different business. And we're taking these years with, and this partnership with our private equity firms that we are, we're learning, we're learning their business. We're learning. And so that when they are folded into our company, it doesn't feel like and, and, you know, addendum and some adjunct thing that's like lopped onto the side of this. But in fact, they're actually integrated. So things like we need to have a career path for nurses. Mm-hmm. We got 40,000 nurses. You know, we've got, you know, a bit of understanding of that now. But this is a very different when we when you have a clinical population like we're going to have, we have to be really smart and sensitive because there's a whole bunch of nurses, I'm guessing, that you, know, you didn't go become an RN to work for an insurance company. You became an RN because you're great at provisioning care. You are you are great at, and so we need to be a place that great clinicians want to work, and so we needed to ready ourselves for that. And there's a there's a there's a um, self awareness and a humility about our company and our leadership, frankly, to say we know what we're good at. We know what we what we know we need to be good at, and we're patient and smart enough to learn and to earn our way toward becoming the company that clinicians really want to work for. And so that we've been marching 
very intentionally down that path. And that's, there's, there's a, it, it's another reason to be optimistic about, about Humana. And the focus that clinicians have on consumers, on patients, is natural and reflexive for them. So when you have, when you're, when you're breathing the same air as those folks, it's gonna help us, I think, stay on course. Humana in total stay on course with being naturally consumer-centric. Awesome, yeah, intentionality of is this the right time and everything moving forward. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Anything additional? Any? I mean, I could ask you questions for like the next ten hours, but <laughs> anything no. else you'd like to? Sh- that was beautiful. Um, we'd love to thank you for being here with us mm-hmm. on this human life. Yeah, and we just are really excited to see the the great things you'll do in this world after Humana, and just know you left a legacy. And yes, you know it's 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 you as one person, and it, but you've you've helped. Uh, move all of us energize and energize and focus and we will continue on and we will be the heartbeat um, so thank you I have no doubt thank you and that's it for this episode you can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL and don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355 we want to thank you for spending time with us this week We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.